This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club we're here, man. I'm nervous. I've forgotten how to do this. What do you do? What do you do? We how do you, just did how do it podcast? one week ago. It's it has no additional time has elapsed from the normal amount of time that goes by between records. It's been one week. <sighs> yes, it's been. been. No, I I resisted the call of that, <laughs> and therefore so should you have the same discipline. Just because you you said it's been one week, it's setting yourself up. It's yes, pathetic. Been. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. <laughs> I was I was waiting. It's like I was coming down the the lane, driving down the lane. Yeah, and I stopped at like the three point line. Looked at like, me. I'm not gonna make that. And I see you under the basket. <laughs> I'm like, I went to go pass it, pass the hits bin ball to you. I was just shaking my head, and you're just shaking your head. And I was like, fine, I'm just gonna have to you alley ooped it to and yourself. I, just, I I leapt 38 inch vertical leap into the air. <laughs> And just drained it from the three point. Line. <laughs> uh, and you're sitting there with like this stupor look on your face, like, whoa, he did it. Dude ran into the crowd, hugged the mascot, Chickity China, the Chinese chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a line in that song about how he, he likes Sailor Moon's boobs? I don't know, man. Let's not. <laughs> I think there might be. I just let's I'm, I bet that song doesn't age well. No, it doesn't. It didn't age well at the time. <laughs> it was like dead on arrival. Tanner, for the love of God, may I introduce this podcast? Um, don't, we don't have any like goofing around to do before. We just talked about bare naked ladies for ten fucking minutes. I was on vacation for a week. I went to Maine. It was beautiful. Okay, I feel like Maine is where I belong. Okay, just living in the woods. So you're gonna move, but despite me, you're not gonna move to Austin. Maine. Here's the thing about Maine, Jack. Mm-hmm. Not a uh, hundred and thirty degree hellscape desert. It's not that hot. It's fine. It's nice here. It's what's lovely the temperature? What's the temperature right now, Jack? Balmy, like ninety seven degrees. <laughs> in the evening, yeah, it's lovely. And Tanner, oh, we have now covered our two main topics for this podcast: bare naked ladies and the fucking what the weather's like. So, yeah. what are we going to have to talk about? For the rest of this. What's the acronym that you use for making small talk? Oh, I don't need one. It's like weather, job. I don't have an acronym because I just kind of engage people naturally. Small talk acronym. Ford. It's the the Fordo. Fordo. (laughs) The Fordo technique. Yeah. F-O-R-D-O-W. And here's how it works. Family. Mm Mm-hmm. Occupation, recreation, dreams, and of course, one week. Okay. Oh, wow. (laughs) And those are the things you just kind of think up a couple questions in each of those categories and you ask the other person, like... Should we give it a whirl? uh, Jack, how's your your son Cyril doing? He's good, thanks. Yeah? Um, And the job out there, it's going well? Um, Yep. Did you have the fourth off a couple weeks ago? Uh, Yep, we certainly did, yeah. Like, it's a national holiday. Hey, are you still doing that woodworking thing? Um, no, the the class ended. That class ended. Yeah. Do you do you ever like dream of being a woodworker? <laughs> yeah, it's something that I would like. Yeah, that's why I took the class. 
great. What's your favorite lyric in the hit Bare Naked Ladies song, One Week? I guess if I had, if I was gun to my head, Chickity China, the Chinese chicken. Yeah. Maybe uh, the most, maybe the most racist lyric. <laughs> Can I try? Yeah. Okay. Who's your family? Uh, my wife, Jamie, and my dog, Hercules, and my cat, Meg. What's your job? I work at a major media company. I'm on the international team. Uh, th- how do you play? Uh, I I play video games sometimes. Uh, what do you dream of? Uh, I uh, all, all all sorts of things, I guess. The other night I had a dream I got shot. It's, it's been, been one week since I looked at you. <laughs> That's good. The four down technique. No, we're you friends. can use That's that. Really yeah, four down, baby nation. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club. 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 I'm your host, Jack Shepard. And Jack, if you didn't know this baby nation, fun little tidbit, he um, doesn't wipe. So <laughs> it's just like a it's a decision he made at one point. He just wanted to go all natural. And I'm Tanner Greenring. <laughs> what the fuck is that? What is that? So now the thing you're because I, because I've tricked you into having to do parallel construction. You're also adding unsubstantiated character assassination that i have to respond to i'm putting in little fun facts okay you know you've you've cornered me <laughs> into doing parallel construction yeah. against my will okay so i'm begrudgingly going along with it but in addition to parallel construction i'm giving i'm offering little fun facts about jack shepherd okay fine and i'm jack shepherd tanner voted for jill stein He's built up kind of like a what they call a yeast barrier back there. Good, fun, fun, fun. Baby Nation, I'll leave you to determine who's telling the truth here. This is a podcast after Did all. Did you say these- I voted for Jill Stein? Yeah. That was your character assassination on me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tanner, this is, if nothing else, a podcast that is about truth. And if something else, it's a podcast that is about the great sitter cycle. A series of books by the princess of the Prince of Towns. She is the hand that shakes, known to lay people as St. Annabelle Matthews Martin. She is stormborn. She is a soul skinner. She is a mother of clocks and a what bane is she to known bats. By academic people. The hand that shakes. The hand that shakes. The hand that shakes. And lay people call her St. Annabelle Matthews Martin. Okay. Regardless of whether you are in the discipline or just an observer, you know her as the first of her name, the last of her kind, and the last hope for humankind, Baby Nation. This week, we read a book called Stacy's Ex-Boyfriend. Yes, it was I read it. great. Good book. Very, very good. Scintillating. Page turner. Scintillating, Yeah. Um, There's a lot of like very uh, deep references that you really had to kind of dig out of the text, but they mm. were there, and I really liked them. Mm-hmm. Hoping to dig into that a little bit more. A fun read. I mean, not a fun read, but a compelling read. It deals with a difficult topic, uh, depression. Brew Doggy, a.k.a. Robert Brewster, Stacy's ex-boyfriend, is dealing with depression. It handles it, I think, very well Could be delicately. Could be. That's one read. That's one way to read the text. We're going to get into the multiple valencies and the multiple possible readings of this text. Uh, but first, Tanner, I want to admit something to you. Oh. I, well, there's no easy way to say this. Um, so I'm just going to come out and say it. 
I have been for a long time a Suzanne man. Whoa. Uh, yep. <laughs> wow, Jack. <laughs> yeah. I would have never guessed. Yeah, I wanted to use this podcast to kind of just come out with it and just yeah. put it out there. Um, I wanted you and the baby Nation to, man. to hear about it first. I haven't put it on Facebook or anything. <laughs> I haven't told my parents. Do that next. Go on Facebook. Do a milestone. Yeah. <laughs> Came out as a Suzanne man. Yeah. Um, mm. Anything you'd care to tell me, Tanner? Well, Jack. Yeah. I don't know how to say this. I feel like I want to celebrate you and I want to be joyous in this moment of your journey reaching this milestone. But I have bad news. What? I'm sick, Jack. You're sick? What's going on, man? I went to the doctor and I had some tests done and I got my diagnosis back today. Oh, Jesus. What is it? Suzanity. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't mean to laugh because I was so fucking worried that you were going to say that you were a waniac because I've noticed that you had a lot of like symptoms of wania. I think doctor said I have six months before the symptoms of wania start to set in, but for now I've just been diagnosed as Suzanne in the membrane. <laughs> Suzanne in the brain as well, or has it not reached there yet? It hasn't crossed the blood brain barrier yet okay so you're just suzanne in the membrane yeah just suzanne in the membrane for now but <laughs> i think once it does kind of cross that blood membrane then it's it's full blown. then you'll be you'll be suzanne in the brain and then when you're suzanne in the, i'm not a doctor as you know when you're right. suzanne in the brain does that mean that's that, that you're likely a waniac as well oh that's full-blown wania yeah yeah okay okay yeah. You won't even you won't even recognize me at that point. <laughs> I'll look at you and I'll just have a blank expression because there'll just be nothing behind these eyes. Yeah, yeah. nothing but Suzanne Wayne. Just nothing but Suzanne Wayne. Uh, well, it could be worse. She's a great, great writer and a national treasure. Yeah, and she no, did a I guess. good book this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to those Twilight years. Kind of lost in a miasma of of Wayne, Suzanne Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Is there something in there that's like Mr. Wayne? If I could do like a better Michael Caine. Most, oh, yeah. Mr. Wayne. Well, Mr. Why Wayne. Why do we fall, Suzanne Wayne? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tanner, should we talk about the book? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess we could just get straight to describing it. Oh, boy. We're just we're going to burn through this episode, huh? <laughs> we're not. Well, I don't know why you insist on having... Like we've got gonna, we've got a structure here. Burn through this episode, Baby Nation. I hope you're ready for a 20 minute episode. Here we go. <laughs> We're describing the book now. Jack's going first. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Music Thank cued. You. Swelling. Yeah. All right. I'm going to describe this novel, and I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have handy, and then I'm going to have you describe this novel. It's a fascinating novel. Fascinating. Ugh, beautifully written. All right. I'm going to begin now. I guess unless you have any objections. I'm just racking my brain trying to come up with one, but I can't. Great. I'm going to begin describing this novel now. As a backdrop to the great Connecticut Strawberry Festival of 1998, this searing biography of two of its participants, Stacy McGill and Robert Brewster, paints a vivid, often heartbreaking picture of youth in America at the time. 
their passions and their losses, their aspirations and their disappointments, and the gradual attenuation of the hope and the promise that characterized the late 90s. A poignant coda to a chapter in American history that was characterized by a soon-to-be shattered belief that anything was possible, if you dared to dream it. Stacy's ex-boyfriend is a gorgeous, almost Faulknerian character study that illuminates the grand ebb and flow of history by shining a harsh and unwavering light on two crazy kids who are caught up in its tides. Stacy's ex-boyfriend. It's good. You made it sound like equal parts of bruce springsteen song mm-hmm. and like empire records yeah i think it's a little bit of both. i think that's roughly what this is <laughs> a little bit of both just two crazy kids trying to make it you just know two crazy kids trying to figure out where they belong in this mixed up world in 1990 are we in the 98 yet we're are in we 98 still- oh and tanner we're not only are we in 1998 but guess what we got this week the fucking internet oh yeah there was a brief cameo by the internet the internet makes an amazing cameo i've got the passage christy and Linny papadakis yeah they go chat with some perverts on the internet yeah they visit a chat room for a strawberry fetish community here's a passage Forgetting about his stomach, he'd eaten too many strawberries. We'll get yeah, into the that. the kids eat too many strawberries. Lenny took Christy to the family computer in the den. Together, they located a strawberry chat room on the internet. Can you believe it? I think that's Suzanne Wayne weighing in. Waning in. Can you believe it? Um, and then here's what happens. Christy logged on, requesting ideas for a strawberry festival. In mere minutes, people from all over the country were contributing recipes like crazy. She received ideas for strawberry health drinks, cookies, cakes, pies, and jams. Someone sent a list of songs that contained references to strawberries. Another person gave the address of a catalog that featured nothing but strawberry-related products. Someone else suggested drying and shellacking the berries for jewelry making. That was Claudia, definitely. I just can't help but feel like they're getting mixed up in something they don't belong in. Oh, yeah. I feel like this was the actual dream of the internet in the early days. Yeah. And that's what Suzanne probably, like, doing her research, she, like, logged on to a strawberry chat room and just, like, looked at the first couple of things in general. And she's like, oh, this is safe to put in, in the book. Yeah. Shellac strawberries for jewelry. Yeah. Like, here's some fun strawberry recipes. Here's a way to um, effortlessly insert strawberries into your anus. Yeah. <laughs> here's um, kind of some strawberry-scented things you can buy from a catalog. Yep. Here's a way to effortlessly insert those strawberry-scented things into your anus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Suzanne's like, eh, fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> this is mostly fine. 1998, Jack. Mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid. Oh, good stuff. Resident Evil 2, Half-Life, Baldur's Gate, StarCraft, Crash Bandicoot, Rogue Squadron. I've got one other. Spyro the Dragon. Gosh, Jack. Oh, Tenchu, Stealth Assassin. Jack, 1998 was maybe the best year for video games ever. You know what else came out in 1998 before we talk about these video games, Tanner? Pokemon Yellow. The hit. Capcom. The hit single, One Week by Bare Naked Ladies. 
Oh, Jack. Dropped on September 22nd, 1998. It's, it's been. been. It's been, Baby Nation. It's been one hell of a year, Baby Nation, yeah. 1998. <laughs> Tanner was a, a ripe 14 years old, eighth grade. A lot of good video games. You better believe I was spending a lot of time playing video games. I had some, weirdly, some video game stuff that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Hit me, man. Is that okay? Yeah. More than okay. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'm excited. Well, so this is this novel, as we'll get into once you do your description. Too messy. Um, we get a little bit of a taste of the weird, bad world that Robert Brewster, Brewdoggy Brewster, lives in. His, like, crime boys and crime girls that he hangs out with. Right, right, Andy right. John Teal. Jackie. And Jackie, Jacquie Grant. Jacquie Grant. Jacquie Grant. Let me ask you this. She about Quebecois? About Jacquie. Yeah. What the fuck is Robert telling Jacquie Grant that he and Stacy are back together. He tells Jacquie, she's like, oh, you and Stacy back together? And Robert tells her, oh, yeah. Yes. And then he tells Stacy, he's like, oh, I just, I just did it to get her off my back, man. Right, Jacquie right. is one of the fucking biggest gossips in school, and she's also a known crime girl. You know this about her. Yeah, she's a crime yeah. girl, major crime girl. Yeah. What did she do for crimes? Was she one of the drinkers at the... You for Misha? I think she was one of the wine the wine crimes. Um, Stacy and the Bad Girls. She committed wine crimes against humanity. She committed wine crimes. Um, and then this week, holy shit, here's what they do this week, Tanner. Uh, fucking if you clutch clutch your pearls now before okay. I read you this. I'm clutching them. Clutch them close Should to I your keep chest. my monocle in or should I take it out now? You should keep it in, but just like be ready because it's gonna fucking pop out. Okay. You can't babysit him forever. Christy grumbled, talking about Robert. I pretended I didn't hear her and went off to join Robert. He smiled, glad to see me. Where are the rest of your friends? I asked, trying to sound light. I think they all cut class this afternoon, he told me. I'm glad they're gone. They never get bored with trouble, do they? You'd think they would, he said, shaking his head. But they're so boring themselves, they don't know what boring is. They cut class, yeah. and they never get bored with trouble. That sounds cool, actually. I know, and it's not boring. And I don't know what... Ro I think <laughs> Robert's in a bad shape. If he's like, oh, they're so boring. They cut class to go like smoke and like do wine crimes. One time when I was in high school, I cut class. I cut all my afternoon classes after lunch, and I went to the library and played Tiger Woods golf. Wow. Okay. All afternoon. <laughs> By myself. That is boring. What do you mean? <laughs> I, it's it's like half of it is cool and half of it is boring. Cutting classes. I cut cool. class. I cut all yeah. my afternoon classes. That and is I cool. Walked to the library and I played Tiger Woods golf. That's cool. That's on cool. my Game Boy Color. You don't even have a friend. I've never cut a class in my life. That's not true. It's it is. You're like you're a crime boy. I've never cut a class in my life. I also never missed a single class in college. That can't be true. Yeah, that is fundamentally the case. I had one class in college where I essentially didn't go to class unless it was for tests. See, that's a waste of an education. It was a bad class. <laughs> but so Jacquie Grant shows up in this criminal way. And I don't know if this is anything, but did you ever play Ninja Gaiden 2? Yeah, for the NES. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the the villain is called in that? Are they called Jacquie? It's called the Jacquio. Oh, huh? Are they Quebecois? I don't know. <laughs> I think about the Jaquio a lot. The Jaquio? Yeah. 
Do you do you remember Three Ninjas and Three Ninjas Kick Back? You probably maybe a little too old for those. Yeah, I remember them, but I didn't watch it. The Jiquio kind of seems like whatever like criminal ninja association those three teen boys are fighting in those movies. Yeah, he's so hard to beat. He's so very difficult to beat. Now, is he, is it one person called the Jiquio? Yeah. Or is it the whole faction called the Jiquio? No, it's just this one dude. And he so he's actually in Ninja Gaiden 1. Uh Okay. Okay, I've got, and I think he shows up in two as well. He seems awesome. He's a power-hungry sorcerer. Okay. He has purple skin. Uh, he has a purple skeleton of a demon that wraps his body like armor. Jaquio. Yeah. I think we should keep an eye on, oh my God, Jack. Yeah. Jack. Yeah. <sighs> what? I'm on... The Wikipedia page for the NES game Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Over 15 years after its release, the game continued to receive acclaim from print and online publications. It was novelized as part of the Worlds of Power NES game adaptations written by Seth Godin and Peter Larangis. <laughs> Well, well, well. Sweet Pete, you tried to. <laughs> you thought you could slip by us this you week, tried huh? To slip one in there, Pete. You didn't think we would notice. Eagle eyes, eagle eyes. I caught it. <laughs> Sweet Pete's not writing these books anymore, but he's like, my legacy lives he on. He put little Easter eggs in there, you know? The Jaquio. Like, Suzanne went to Pete and was like, well, what are all Robert's friends' names? And he was like, oh, you mean um, Andy Gentile and uh, whatever his, the, the boy whose parents were getting divorced, whatever his name was. Um, oh, and uh, Jaquio? Uh, I mean, sorry, Jaquio? Grant? <laughs> Sweet Pete. Oh, man. You snuck one right past her, Pete, and I fucking love it. Whew, Peter Larangis. I want to know what other NES game adaptations Pete Peter Larangis has written. Oh, that is fucking Can we do a wonderful. bonus? Jack, can we do a bonus episode? Yes. Where we read this Ninja Gaiden novelization? 100% yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, this is I'm, all I want now. The Ninja Gaiden mythology is of great interest to me. Worlds of Power. I was a huge fan of those games. Holy shit, we fucking did it. I'm glad I brought that up. I was like, I don't know if this is anything, but Jaquie is such a strange name. It really makes me think of the one other time I've encountered it. Yeah. Which is in Ninja Gaiden and Ninja Gaiden and guess 2. Who was, guess who was behind all that lore? Sweet Peter Lurantis. Woo! Woo! Uh, Tanner, what about if you describe this book? Oh, Jack, we were having so much fun. Well, this will be fun, too. Six ninety five. I'm buying it. Okay, I'll buy it too. We'll do it. We'll do a bonus episode. <laughs> um, all right. Do you want to take a brief break and then we'll come back and continue the episode? Yeah, let's take a quick break and then we'll get you to describe this fucking novel, yeah, Tanner. We'll come back and continue the episode. Bye. Duh. Bye. Tanner, you must describe this book immediately. See. Uh, okay. You. Uh, you want me to do it? 
Yep, I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have handy. During those 60 seconds, you are going to describe everything that happens in this book. We haven't told the baby nation what happens in this book yet, and it's driving me up the wall. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Start now. Okay, uh, baby nation, it's springtime in Stony Brook, and strawberries are in bloom, and a local businessman starts a new company called Strawberry Fields Forever, named after the Beatles song, and everyone and all the kids in Stony Brook get strawberry fever, and they all want to go and pick berries, and they all get sick, and everyone gets too many berries, so Chris, this is all the B-plot, by the way. Christy, I'm just trying to get it out of the way. Christy... It starts a strawberry festival where everyone can come bring their extra strawberries to do stuff like games and recipes and turn them into cakes and stuff. Meanwhile, A-plot, um, Stacy is struggling with her ex-boyfriend, Robert Brewdoggy Brewster, because um, he is in a bit of a funk since they broke up, and she feels like she is his only friend. Uh, so she's working really hard to keep him sane because he has kind of lost interest in everything, which uh, he didn't he didn't undergo the spice agony like most of the Bene Gesserit, so he's kind of crushed under the weight of his ancestors' ego memories. Um, but he is setting the universe on the golden path as God Emperor of Dune and transforming and um, and he transforms into a sandworm over and the time. course of thirty five hundred years. And time, I did not catch that. I didn't catch that last part in this in this novel. You didn't catch him. You, you, uh, yeah, you were talking over me. No, I caught what you were saying. I didn't catch the part of the narrative where what you were saying happened. He doesn't transform into a sandworm to my knowledge. No, 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 no. Not in this book. Oh, okay. But he's beginning the transformation, I think. Okay. Baby Nation, spoilers for Children of Dune and... God Emperor of Dune. God he Emperor goes, of Dune. He, yeah, he goes into the desert, right? Mm-hmm. And he ingests a bunch of spice, right? The spice melange. Are you talking about Paul Muad'Dib? No, no, no. Lido, Paul's son. Lido okay. the second. Lido Atreides the second. Okay. Yep. Yep. This is the plot of the later and lesser Dune books. And the sand trouts. Did you read the wrong of... book this week? Because no, no, no. Because we think... we read a book called Stacy's Ex Boyfriend. I think there's some resonance between the two texts. Okay, would you like to elaborate for me? Yeah, I mean, it just seems like Robert's growing bored with humanity. Okay, yep, that does seem to be the case, yeah. The kind of paltry trappings of his life are, are no longer interesting to him. He's, he's evolving. Yeah. He's becoming something bigger and better than what he was. He's setting the universe on the golden path, Jack. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Well, I actually have a passage that um, will set up for Baby Nation how Robert is feeling that I captured in this novel, and then I'll let you continue. Um, this is Robert talking to Stacy about what he's going through. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing, only I. Yeah, I think that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then in a later passage, he says, uh, Stacy's talking to him, and mm -hmm. she says, you don't play baseball to change the world. You play for fun. Then who cares whether you win or not? It's more fun if you try to win. But in the end, it's pointless, he insisted. Does everything have to have a point, I asked. 
No, he replied thoughtfully. It's just that if most things are pointless, why bother? He's just, he's grown bored with this existence. This he's life. looking to the next. He's looking to the golden path. He's going to take to the desert. He's going to consume the spice melange and he's going to become one with the, the sand trouts. Is it true, Tanner, that he who controls the spice controls the universe? It, it's typically true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, even Stacy backs it up. Okay. Her and Claudia go to the mall together to shop. And Stacy says, Robert isn't really like those other friends. Besides, I don't think he's hanging out with them much these days. Back in February, when we talked, he said he couldn't relate to them anymore. He was bored by them. Yeah, he couldn't relate to them because, like, he is a 3,500-year-old living sandworm and Uh god emperor of Dune. Yeah. And they're just, like, high school kids, you know? Junior high kids. I just feel like Suzanne Wayne could have hit that a little harder. Like, if I were writing it, I would have been like, he... we We just said three examples. Yeah. Yeah, I had the thing about how he's lost interest in baseball. Mm-hmm. You had the thing about the Fears of Mind Killer. And I had the whole thing about, like, how he doesn't hang out with his friends anymore. Yeah. And those are all the pieces of evidence that we have. The three is a wall of evidence. That's I just feel compelling. like Suzanne Wayne at some point would have been like, Robert wriggled to school through the sand dunes. Does she not? She. I, I, there's nothing like that. There's just this stuff about him sort of like seeing through time and nihilistically denying the value of the present moment. Right, and kind of creating his own nemesis because I tell you what, man, once you live 3,500 years and become a giant mutant sandworm, <laughs> you kind of get a little bored at that too. <laughs> you know? True words were never spoken to him. First you lose interest in baseball, then your friends... And then ruling the universe. Yeah. And eventually you fabricate your own nemesis from nothing. And then you get bored and have your son write your books and they get worse and worse. Well, you die and you have your son write your books. <laughs> <laughs> you get so bored that you die. R.I.P. Frank Herbert, Baby Nation. I hope you like Dune. I hope you like Dune, Baby Nation. <laughs> we just talked about it a whole lot. <laughs> Tanner, do you want to talk about the strawberry symbolism in this novel? Baby Nation, I promise you the first Dune book is really good. So good. And everything I just said was from the third and fourth Dune books, which are bad. Yeah. So yeah. don't just read read the first one. Yeah. It's very surprising that Suzanne Wayne chose to draw from that particular archive uh, to provide resonance to this character who has kind of lost his way. Yeah, well, they're very popular something books. Else. They're very popular books. Tanner, would you like to talk about the strawberry symbolism in this novel? Yes. Thank you. Tricked you into that because you probably don't. I wanted to talk about strawberry symbolism through art and literature since the Middle Ages and how Suzanne brings it to bear on this particular text. I thought it was very interesting. As you so aptly described, a big part of this novel that's not the part that is focused on Robert's depression and Stacy's attempts to get him the help that he needs is focused on strawberries. Yeah, there's it's the B plot. It's a weird, it felt like a weird choice for Suzanne to be like, and strawberries. So I, d- I dug a little bit into it. Strawberries have an interesting history through art and literature. Oh, I'm sure. I think so. I can't wait to hear 
I imagine that you are probably aware of the connection between strawberries and the goddess Venus. Yep. Uh, because they are heart-shaped fruits, they are often spring associated with Venus. Renewal, rebirth. And doing it. Oh, and doing uh, S-E-X, huh? All right, come on. This is a family podcast, but yeah. yes. Doing it. It. Um but something else that comes up with strawberries, if you dig deeper, is that they tend actually to symbolize the opposite of that, perfection and righteousness. A lot of medieval stonemasons would carve strawberry designs on altars um, and in churches and cathedrals to, to symbolize perfection. Uh, medieval art often depicts the strawberry plant as a representation of earthly paradise. I believe this comes from Ovid's Metamorphoses, um, which says— The guy turns into a big bug. <laughs> That's Kafka. Bugs which, love strawberries. That's Kafka, which says that in the Golden Age, the Earth spontaneously provided fruit for man to enjoy, and Ovid names the strawberry specifically. Um, and the three-partition leaf wonder, uh, of the strawberry plant. You ever is, wonder why it's called a strawberry? It's like it's from it's, it's yeah, from it doesn't Strio. Grow, it doesn't grow in straw. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, the the etymology of strawberry is actually you know fairly interesting. Um, it's well, from, can I drink a soda through this? I don't think so. <laughs> you know. No. You know what I hear? It's not even a berry. Is that what you hear? Yeah. You know what is a berry? Yes. Banana. Isn't, Isn't that wild? That is wild. Botanically, a banana is a berry, Jack. Okay. I just googled. Tanner googles. No, banana is a berry. Jack, we're too far from the topic. And a strawberry is not. It's a fruit. May we? How about that? How about strawberry is not from a botanical point of view a berry. Technically, is it is an aggregate accessory fruit, meaning that the fleshy part is derived. Not from the plant's ovaries, but from the receptacle that holds the ovaries, Jack. You're too far from the topic. May I read you this passage? Uh In tilling our gardens, we cannot but admire the fresh innocence and purity of the strawberry, because although it creeps along the ground and is continually crushed by serpents, lizards, and other venomous reptiles, yet it does not imbibe the slightest impression of poison or the smallest malignant quality. A true sign that it has no affinity with poison. That's, of course, St. Francis de Sales, the Bishop of Geneva in the 16th century, uh, talking about, again, strawberries as perfection. Don't you think that it's interesting that this novel has as its primary symbol something that both symbolizes perfection and also a fall from grace? Yeah, and it's not a berry, notably. And is notably not a berry. Right. And I feel like that is resonant with this other text. This other... Dune? No, is resonant with this A-plot. Robert... Robert. Robert has lost interest. He's lost interest in this perfect world that Anna's created. I think Robert, not to get into Amber theory, but like I think Robert is seeing the, the cracks. Exactly. And that's what I think that's what Suzanne is trying to say here, probably without Anne's permission. Here, I've got a passage. Okay. Listen to this. This is Stacy talking to, uh, to Robert. Mm-hmm. Robert says, What about you? 
what have you been up to? The first thing I thought of was I'd been doing all sorts of interesting activities in the city with Ethan, visiting art galleries, attending concerts in the park, even going to poetry readings. But I couldn't tell him about those things without telling him about Ethan. And somehow, I just couldn't bring myself to tell him about my new boyfriend. Same old, same old, I said instead. You know, school stuff, the BSC, seeing Dad on the weekends. I pulled a plastic bag of sliced carrots from the fridge. By the time I come home from school, I need a healthy snack to keep my blood sugar at the right level. Doesn't it bother you, Robert said, to do the same things day after day, year after year? Yes, exactly. Exactly, Tanner. That's fucking perfect. And just to tie this all up in a bow... What is the name of the place where all these strawberries are coming from in this book? Uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. Forever. Strawberry Fields Forever. Perfection, but forever. Doesn't it bother you day after day to have this perfect little fucking snow globe that Anna's put you in where everything's the goddamn same? Robert's seen past it. Yeah, he's he sees his mind has expanded. He ingested the spice melange, and now he like sees through time itself. Beautiful, and terrifying, and sad. I looked up because oftentimes Anne doesn't cite a source unless it's meaningful. Yeah, so I looked up the lyrics to "Strawberry Fields Forever" by the Beatles, mm-hmm. um, and it's one of those acid songs, and it's all complete nonsense well this strawberry fields place has this weird influence over the children right in this book it feels a lot like needful things the stephen king novel sure 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 it suddenly shows up out of nowhere this like wise old friendly old man just sets up shop and is like strawberry fields uh, your kids looking for berries i've got berries and it has this like incredible pull over these children yeah. and everybody all the families are like we got to go pick strawberries we have to eat them until we make ourselves sick and then of course christy is like light bulb let's yeah. have a strawberry festival hey you know how everyone's sick of strawberries yeah let's do a whole festival on a tuesday and we can all bake strawberry goods. I love Christy, and I. And if anyone came after my Christy, I would follow them to the ends of this earth and put them in their graves. Okay, it sounds like you're about to come after Christy. But I'm. But I feel like I get to level a constructive criticism. Okay, which is it like tread carefully here? I'm. That's that's why all the caveats. I'm. St- I mean, regardless, tread carefully. Listen, if anybody, if anyone. I don't care who they are. Came after my Christie. Yeah. I will put them in their grave. A little domineering, huh? Yeah. Saying my Christie. Yep. However, I just want to level a constructive criticism. Okay. Now, if first you own her, and now you're now you're telling <laughs> her what to think and what to do. I feel I'm trying to frame this in a way that's positive for me, and I feel like you keep kind of twisting it so that it's it doesn't look good for me. I don't think you're doing a very good job of framing it in a way that's positive for you. Okay. Let me start again. Yeah. Christy's great, man. Christy is a brave, she's brave, strong, independent, strong, independent female entrepreneur. Yeah, and nobody owns her. Nobody owns her. And you know what? I'll tell you something else. If I criticize her, she'd be burned at the stake. (laughs) No, no. If someone else criticizes her, 
They should be burned anyone, at the stake. Yeah, if anyone criticizes her, they should be burned at the stake. However, I feel like I am so inspired by what she does and what she's accomplished. Uh-huh. Um, that I'd like to look at it from every angle. And not not just the positive. Everyone's done to death the positive, the laudatory angle. So if I, Jack, if I yeah. were to follow in Christie's footsteps, yeah. you might have some notes on things I could do differently. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Exactly. That's what I've been trying to say. Sorry, it was less than eloquent. Yeah. And if anybody dares to criticize her, they should be burned at the stake. Yeah. With their family. Uh, the family should watch. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't want to be cruel here. Yeah. Okay. No, we do. Yes, no, we do want to be cruel to those people. We want the families to live with that. Yeah. We want yes. that image burned into their memories. Yes. Like the flesh of their loved one is burned yeah. in the stake. Right. Yeah. Christy Tanner is, as we know, an idea machine. Don Sif. Don Sif. <laughs> I can't not do it. <laughs> Hi, Don. <laughs> Hi, Don. I hope you listen. Chrissy is an idea machine. I'm getting a little tired of her ideas always just being like, whatever the thing everyone now, saw. Okay. Jack, try carefully. Yeah. Okay. Tanner, if you okay, were as Tanner. good at coming up okay. with ideas okay. as Christy. Tanner, if you were as good, I may grow yeah. tired of Okay. All right. I got it. I got frequency. it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Okay. Tanner. If you were as good at coming up with ideas as Christy is... Thank you. You know what? I love it. But I might get a little bit tired... If I were doing it. If you were doing it? Yeah. Of the fact that every time you did it, it would just be like whatever we were talking about at the moment, and then you add festival to the end of it. Or prayed. (laughs) Yeah. Or fair. What about a Ninja Gaiden parade? contest <laughs> yeah i think it's a fine let's have a dune festival oh ooh. <laughs> now now jack the light bulb just went off what if we had a sandworm festival here's here's three things you just said all three of which i really love yeah ninja gaiden festival <laughs> yep sign me up yep dune festival yep <laughs> Sandworm parade. parade. Hell yeah. <laughs> You're three for three, my man. I don't okay. quite understand this criticism of Christy right now. The, I realize now that those ended up being bad examples of what I was trying to express because those are all fucking A-plus fantastic killer ideas. Yeah. That would be so very good. So hoist it on your own petard, I guess, huh? Yeah. Nice try, Jack. Um, how about those uh, SMS Jags? Sorry? How about those... I'm trying to change the subjects. How about those SMS Jaguars, man? Oh, Jaguars. Yeah. I guess... Or maybe... Are they the pigs now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And named after that French girl. (laughs) Yeah. Is she still around? (laughs) Haven't heard a peep from her. (laughs) She's in the seventh grade. How about them SMS pigs? How about them, man? Um, They're doing great. If they win next week against Howard Township, they'll be division champs. The team is psyched. SMS Baseball hasn't won a division championship in five years. Now they have a shot at it. Some kids think they even have a chance of being regional champs. Uh, 
Really? Not without Brew Doggy, though. Yeah. Brew Doggy quit the baseball team. <laughs> Good luck. You know how quickly a fucking 35 foot sandworm can round those bases? <laughs> very quickly. Pretty fast. It's very disruptive. Yeah, yeah. He's like closing in on home, and the ball sails in from the outfield, and the catcher like catches it kind of on a, the tip of his glove and then fumbles it for a second. Brew Doggy just burrows into the earth. And the, the catcher's like sitting there, like, what? Uh, uh. And then from beneath him, the ground kind of crumbles. And yeah. up from the ground comes this enormous sandworm, swallowing home base and the catcher in one bite. Guts, what a monster. The announcers are like, uh, looks like another fantastic hit from Robert Brewdoggy Brewster. He's really the anchor of this team. And you know what they say? He who controls the spice <laughs> controls the universe. He's really the god emperor of this team. <laughs> Tanner, do you want to talk about how cool and dreamy Ethan is? Um, yeah, I feel like we've talked about this before. I know, but boy, did we get some more evidence about how cool and dreamy Ethan is. Baby Nation. He's very cool and dreamy. As you know, Stacy is dating, and this is kind of a big plot point, because Stacy Stacy does it. She's great. She's unimpeachable this week. She really fucking helps Robert out with whatever he's going through. She gets him to talk to somebody. Coach. Talk to his coach, which is kind of the thing that he hadn't been doing. He's he's suffering through a his lot. His Duncan Idaho, uh, his Duncan Idaho. <laughs> Boy, baby nation, I hope you've read Dune because <laughs> you had better now. <laughs> yeah, it's required reading. It's required reading for yeah. this one. Your homework retroactively is play the original NES Ninja Gaiden games yep. one yep. and two. Yep. Um, read. The first, let's say, five Dune novels. Just to be safe. It's diminishing returns, but you should read at least Dune and then Children of Dune and God Emperor of Dune. Yeah. And uh, listen to the entirety of um, Bare Naked Ladies one week. It's been... Just the whole album, maybe. Uh, We don't want to punish them too much. I think it's self-titled. Oh, boy. If I had a million dollars... No, let's absolutely not. echo it. Yeah, if let's I not. Had a million uh-uh. dollars, uh, I would buy you a house. I don't know the yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dinner. Uh Ethan though. Woo! Ethan, handsome. Dark hair, blue eyes, artist, New Yorker. Stacey has difficulty this week uh talking to Brew Doggy about the she doesn't want to tell him that she's dating somebody else because he's going through some shit. He's going through some shit. Uh, eventually, she lets him know it's tough for him, but he makes it happen. Let me read you some fucking sw- fucking hashtag swoon passages about Ethan. No one says that. <laughs> That's not a thing. Are you sure? Because it felt real right coming out of, of my mouth. I mean, it could be a thing. You can make it a thing. Yeah. I just don't think anyone's ever said hashtag swoon before. This is very hashtag swoon. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. No, I agree. Tell me, okay, well, let me read you the passage, and then you tell me if it's worth making hashtag swoon a thing. Okay, here's a couple things that Ethan is up to this week. One, this was the moment when I should have told Robert about Ethan. Ethan couldn't go to the dance with me. Stacy invited Robert to the dance. Ethan couldn't go to the dance with me because he had an overnight trip to the National Gallery in Washington, D.C. with his art class that weekend. I'd already asked him. He'd offered to stay home from the trip, but I told him the dance wasn't that important. 
Tanner's de- baby nation. Tanner is desperate for me to comment on the fact that he just vaped. I'm not desperate. I was hoping you wouldn't comment on that. <laughs> vaped. Okay, now he's vaping again. Tanner, I li- need you to react. It's a, to what? It's a A to B conversation. So be 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 here now. He went to the National Arts Foundation. <laughs> he went to the National Gallery in D.C. with his art class. That's fucking dreamy as hell. Okay, here's how she describes him. Each time I see Ethan, it's as if I'm seeing him for the first time. He has the most gorgeous blue eyes. His long hair is nearly black, which makes his eyes look even more dramatic. Guess what he is also, Tanner? Very sensitive. We weren't even out of the station. Ethan just picked Stacy up at the fucking train station, probably Grand Central. It's the only station that exists in these novels. Well, it's the one that goes to Connecticut. We weren't even out of the station before he asked me what was wrong. Something's yeah. on your mind, he said. I can see it in your face. Dreamy. Now, I don't want to introduce an entirely new canon. Mm-hmm. To this discussion, but the way Ethan describes from his looks to his sensitivity kind of reminds me a lot of Brandon Lee from The Crow. No, no. So, (laughs) do we think maybe there's like kind of this resonance with The Crow here as well? I'll allow it. Yeah, he's kind of an anti-hero called The Mm -hmm. Crow. He's an artist. He's kind of like a little bit emo. Okay, check this out, Tanner. We walked to a coffee house and had lunch. I worked up the nerve to ask Ethan how he felt about my asking Robert to the May dance. This guy could really use a break, he said. If I were bummed out, taking you to a dance would cheer me up. Hashtag swoon. Oh, right. We were doing hashtag swoon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, um, it doesn't work for me. Okay. You want one more? Yeah. We just go as friends. He knows that. We talked about it already, I assured Ethan. I hope so, Stacy. I sure would hate to lose you. I can't tell you how happy that made me. I reached for his hands across the table. Believe me, that won't happen. I'd hate to lose you, too. Then he did look at me, and he smiled. We sat there smiling at each other, holding hands. I know it sounds goofy, but it felt great. Hashtag swoon. <laughs> don't you think? I Who else? I guess I don't hate it. You can sit in a coffee shop and you hold hands with them and you look into each other's eyes and smile and that's all you need to do? After you told this person that you're taking your ex-boyfriend to a dance? This guy's a fucking keeper, man. And he looks like Brandon Lee from The Crow? He looks like Brandon Lee from The Crow? Moving on, Tanner. Did you also find it suspicious how difficult it was for Stacy to write her own autobiography. Autobiography. Yeah, it was weird. It was pretty weird. Here are a few passages. The first one, so it's like a it's a D plot that Stacy's working on this assignment at school where she has to write a personal self-portrait. Right. And she's having trouble doing it partially because she's, she's distracted by Robert. Distracted by Robert. This struck me as weirdly defensive. She goes over to Claudia, who's going to draw a sketch of her for the cover. But I was going to sketch you, remember? Claudia objected. I'd asked her to sketch me for the cover of an English project. We were assigned to write a personal self-portrait. I thought a sketch of myself would be a nice touch. 
It will have to wait, I said. Robert really needs me. He's failing all his subjects. I thought your project was due next week, Claudia reminded me. It'll be finished, I assured her. It's not as if I have to do research or anything. <laughs> I know my own life. <laughs> Later, when she actually does sit down to write a fucking essay about like who she is. Right. After an hour's time, the paper in front of me had only one sentence written on it. I was born 13 years ago. That's it. It wasn't much of a start. This is all that Stacy knows about herself. Tanner, do you remember that in the novel Stacy's Lie, Stacy disappeared and is replaced by someone we have come to call Replacey? Replacey. Here's what I was worried about, Jack. I yeah. thought you were going to say that this was the snow golem that Claudia <laughs> had created. I would have. I happily would have if we yeah. hadn't lost all of the audio where we discussed that. that. Right. But that's, that's lost lore. One, one way or another, this substantiates a long-standing theory we've had. After Stacy's lie, she comes back and she's different. She's yeah. different. Suddenly, she's a math like genius. Yeah. Like before, she could do basic addition, which is why she's the treasurer. Now she's like the math whiz. Before she was a crime girl. Now she's on the fucking nerd patrol. Yeah. Now she's a nerd. And then all of and, a sudden, we thought we thought this was a darkest timeline thing, but maybe much like the hit TV series Star Trek Discovery, maybe when they crossed over to the darkest timeline, yeah, this replacey yes took Stacy's place. Right. So everyone else we're dealing with, like, the goateed evil versions of them who all make the worst possible decisions. Yeah. Except for Stacy. Who's good now. Who's good now. Yes. And it's because in the bright timeline starring Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. Mm -hmm. Thanks for clarifying. Stacy was bad. Very bad. And there was this alt Stacy called Replacey. Right. Who was good. And once we jumped over to the dark timeline, this replacey came. Well, and listen to this, Tanner. She calls up, at some point during this novel, she calls up a radio advice show to get help on how to help Robert deal with his depression. Hello, Dr. Gupti prodded. Who is this? What could I do? If anyone I knew heard my name, they'd know who I was talking about. Robert would be mortified. He'd hate me. Dr. Gupti couldn't wait any longer. Uh, can we have our next caller? Annie, I blurted. My name is Annie. Technically, it could have been true. The name on my birth certificate is Anastasia. Here we have in this novel where Stacy is having trouble writing her own autobiography because she can't remember anything about herself other than the fact that she was born 13 years ago. Right. And now she's introducing herself as someone Annie. else. At least Annie. we have a name for replacing now, though. It's Annie. Annie. Yes. She's way more down to earth. Yeah. She's way more relatable. Yeah. She's kind of a nerd. She cares about people. She's yeah. She doesn't do wine crimes anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. That's someone you could like. That's someone that you'd want your precious Ethan to date. I do a wine crime every time I mix up an, an oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, weren't you putting like rose and seltzer together or something? That's yeah, a that's fucking wine wow crime. Is. Yeah. Yikes. One water, one wine, <laughs> but the water is seltzer and you mix it both in the same cup. That's a wine crime, baby nation. <laughs> um, Tanner, may I ask you a question? Mm. 
Um, I was wondering whether this week you had a... Got one. Okay. Um, I feel like it's a great burn, but I'm not quite sure who it's on. So I, I'm probably going to need your help parsing that. Okay. <sighs> we can do our homework together. I have to do it anyway. I might as well do it with you, Stacy said to Robert. Mm-hmm. Cool, said Robert. Listen, I was thinking, I went on, why don't you come out with my friends and me tomorrow? I don't know, he replied, shaking his head. Come on. We're going to the mall before our BSC meeting. You might enjoy hanging out with some different people. All right, if you don't think they'd mind. They all like you, Robert, I assured him. We'll have fun. I called Christy as soon as I got home. I asked if she minded if Robert joined us at the mall. It's a free mall. <laughs> she replied. It's <laughs> a fucking huge, huge sick bird on Robert. <laughs> I just, I'm not sure I wanted Robert to be the target of my burn. I think that's why I was. <laughs> He's going through a lot right now. Yeah. But Christy really does deliver like a pretty sick burn. Christy fucking nails it. That was also my burn of the week this week, Tanner. It's a free it's a mall. Free mall. <laughs> it's a free mall. Yeah. Christy is like, I fucking wish that we were going to a mall that has standards. Yeah. <laughs> And that, like, kept the fucking riffraff out. But guess what? This mall's free. So, yes, you can bring Robert. <laughs> Jackie. Yes. I would love to get the fuck out of here. I would like that as well. Okay. Tanner, thank you for bearing with me, Baby Nation. Thank you for bearing with us. Baby Nation, please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. If you like this show... Recommend it to a friend. Uh-huh. Tell them to start at the first episode. Yep. And if you'd like to support this show, uh-huh. go to bit.ly slash merch to buy one of our two shirts or both of our pins. Please do not buy one pin because then it sets Shaq and I against one another in a pitch battle that has just recently been evened out. Evened out. Uh, but if you can only afford to buy one pin, please do buy the iJack Shepherd pin. No, please do buy the Andine Tanner Green Ring pin. I just don't see it why It is the you cooler would. pin. If you're only going to get one, it doesn't make sense. There are two shirts. One is a B-Theory shirt. One is a bread shirt. They're both designed by Baby B John at Vox the Devil on Twitter, and they are beautiful. And we are out of pre-order and in now order. Now order. Get a shirt, Baby Nation. For Get the love a of shirt. God. Get a shirt. And then when people stop to ask you what your shirt means, tell them it's about our show. Yeah. And tell them to listen to it. Get, write us a nice review on iTunes. Baby Nation. Tell them to write us a nice review on iTunes. Okay. We're asking the B? Oh, it's now. about a show I listen to. It's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You have to start at the beginning, and please do write them a nice review. These two dudes who talk about Dune and Ninja Gaiden. Bonus episode. Baby Nation, you're going to fucking love that bonus episode. (laughs) (laughs) Baby Nation, this week we read a book that was called Stacy's Ex. In our jobs, Baby Nation, Jack and I have a rule called one for them, one for us. Yeah. Two Two for them, one for us. Yeah. Which is when we create content for the internet, we do two pieces of content that we know people will really like and attach mm-hmm. to even if we're not personally invested in them 
mm-hmm. but then once we've done two pieces of content for them we do one we for do us. one for us which mm-hmm. is something that just we're into mm-hmm. and i feel like our ninja gaiden bonus episode baby nation i'm not gonna oblige any of you to actually listen to it it's just for me and jack yeah one for we're us gonna do it just for us it's gonna have two downloads yep and that's okay. Baby Nation, this week we read a book that was called Stacy's Ex-Boyfriend. Next week, we're reading a little book called Marianne and the Playground Fight. Do you think it's two playgrounds fighting? Kind of like a property war? I think it's a fight over one playground. It's a turf war. Ooh. I hope that that's the case. Ooh. Yes. That's intriguing. That's intriguing to me. There's going to be some political espionage. Yes. It's going to be a Marianne book. It looks like it's going to be some GCBSF because we had... We are overdue because it's been a lot of... Three special episodes in a row. Boy, oh boy. And Suzanne, we get it. We dealt with a blind girl. We dealt with... Oh, we dealt with an abusive father. And then we dealt with a girl losing her sight. Lost her eyesight. And this week we dealt with a, a boy evolving into the next form of humanity, a giant sandworm, mm-hmm. god emperor of the planet Arrakis, a.k.a. Dune. The hardest thing that any teen has to go through. Man, I remember when I was like his age, I was all hormones. Yeah. I was mostly a worm with just a man's face at the top. Eyes just so, so blue set, set against your face. spice. Pupils and irises and all just blue, blue, blue eyes. But I got through those awkward years, and now I'm a functional adult. Yep. God Emperor of your domain, Tanner! This week, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. I am and remain and will always be Tanner Greenring. Okay. Baby Nation, please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and don't forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do. Also, Baby Nation, PSA, please do remember the Delaney's. I've got nothing there. Tanner used to have a line here. Baby Nation, take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. One time, a coworker of ours and I wrote a post on major media company website about how that song is about a man who murdered his girlfriend and is <laughs> stuck in his apartment with her rotting corpse oh fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> what fun so look that up yeah i guess that could be um the sequel to the old apartment yeah i call it a squeakquel oh yeah that was a hit gum podcast <laughs>